Now Perlman, oh, Perlman's Perlman's loose got the right hand free. He's loose with the right hand, and he starts to retaliate, and down goes Nyland, and the two of them are hammering each other. Knights of Columbus, that hurt. It's old time, Marquette. Enforcer of all hockey podcasts. It's the biscuit. It's the biscuit. The enforcer of all hockey podcasts. God help the fucking day if fighting's ever been. There's a country will stop working on the Batman's fucking camp. Hi everybody. It's the Biscuit Podcast. Hey, you wanna go? Yeah, okay. All right, Biscuit Babies, I'm very, 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 very excited. Um, I've got uh, Dan Stevenson from the Fireside Chat podcast, and I'm very, very, very excited because uh, we're about to talk Calgary Flames hockey, and this team has got me very excited. How you doing, Dan? I'm great. Glad to hear that we're exciting people across the league. <laughs> well, I, uh, I picked them to go to the playoffs last year just because I was looking at their roster, and I, meant, I went, fuck, these guys, they have a shot. Um, a lot of people thought it was crazy. I took a lot of flack for it until, you know, they started to play really well, and I, I came off as a genius. So you got to tell the boys thanks. Yeah, it's you know, it, it was an interesting team, and it's been an interesting team for the last couple of years. And I think if you thought they were going to go last year, they're definitely going to make the playoffs this year. If I mean – they have to, right? Uh, they have all the pieces that they needed from the team last year and uh, fixed the main problem, hopefully, in the net. And, uh, you know, Kachuk gets another year of experience under him. Not that he played like a rookie by any means, but, uh, you know, 45-33-4 last season, I expect him to be right there and uh, and compete with that record, if not better. Well, I mean, if you look at the Pacific Division as well, it's an interesting division this year. Uh, we have the new, you know, I mean, looking at the Pacific, we have Anaheim, Edmonton, San Jose, Calgary, L.A., Arizona, Vancouver, and then we've also got uh, the new Vegas team there. Right. So, I mean, really, this year, the name of the game in the Pacific is Be Better Than Vegas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think we, I was talking with a guy about Vancouver the other day, and I was like, man, it's it's going to be right there, right pretty close to you guys in Vegas, man, but you everybody has to be better than Vegas. Yeah, I mean, when I look at the Pacific Division, I think Anaheim, of course, is going to have a good year. I think Edmonton, I don't want to say it was a fluke last year. Maybe it's because I'm a Flames fan and they're sworn enemies, but I don't think they're going to do as well as they did last year. Um, but I think Edmonton, Anaheim, and Calgary are going to be the top three teams there. I think San Jose is going to fall a bit. LA has been a bit shaky, and Arizona and Vancouver will be near the bottom. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I've been working on my, my playoff predictions you know, the last couple of days, and I keep, you know, switching that top three, but it seems to always be Edmonton, Anaheim, and Calgary. And I I expect, uh, and I mentioned on the show last night, Arizona to to get in and make some noise. Actually, I think they're gonna I think they're gonna worry some people, and maybe get in a few games that uh, they usually don't. Yeah, you could be right. Um, you know, I don't follow the Arizona team, and I don't know the roster as well for this year as as I have in the past, but. To me, I mean, two biggest of Arizona's biggest pieces are now wearing Flames jerseys, and Mike Smith and Mike and Michael Stone. Right, right. Um, well, let's just talk about it. That's a good segue, man. Mike Smith, thirty-five years old, had an incredible year in Arizona last season um, with a 
despicable defense in front of him. Uh, King of the All-Star Game. Can he be what Calgary needs him to be? And that's a number one goalie and a playoff goalie. So, I mean, Calgary's had some influx of nets since Mika Kiprasov retired. And if you look at this team for the past three years, they've completely pretty much started from scratch every year. Um, you know, last year we had a pretty promising tandem of Elliott and Johnson in net. And Mike Smith, I had honestly mixed reactions when this trade came out. I was one of the people that wanted the Flames to try and acquire Marc-Andre Fleury at the deadline. I thought that whether they did it by getting him from the Penguins or whether they got him through a Vegas deal at the draft, I thought he was the right goalie. But when I look at Smith, and you made a great point on Smith, he saw he saw a lot of rubber in Arizona. Sure did. And I think if you look at the defense that Calgary has put together, he's not going to see nearly as much rubber this year. And I think, you know, if we look at Smith, is he the guy that's going to lead Calgary to another Stanley Cup? I think everyone would say the answer is no. Is he solid enough to lead us through more than one round of the playoffs? I think the answer is yes. I, I think so too. Um, and I, I honestly, I, I love the uh, Brian Elliott pickup when it happened until until come playoff time when he had just turded himself away and just disappeared. Really, um, I think with Mike Smith, I mean, older goalies have been plenty good before. And he has a fire inside him and a, a competitiveness that um, is, you know, not matched by many in the NHL. He loves to win and he loves to play. And I think he's going to go, holy shit, I don't have to stop a thousand pucks today. You know, I, I, I might not have to uh, be completely dead after a game, which is going to help him at his age. For sure. And I think, you know, his age, as you mentioned, is a bit of a worry. I mean... We talked on the Fireside Chat podcast before the before the end of the season. I'd said, honestly, my ideal goalie tandem for the Flames this year would have been Scott Darling and Andy Ranta because they're both younger guys who were both available for a good price. I'm a little bit worried about bringing in a 35-year-old goaltender, but I think what makes this a better acquisition is the backup goaltender of Eddie Lack. Yes. And I think that... You know, Mike Smith is getting old. A 35-year-old, you can't rely on to play 70 games in a year. But I think Eddie Lack is really an underappreciated goaltender. I think he's going to pick up a lot of the slack left by Mike Smith. And I, he won't mind doing it, and he, he absolutely can. Um, I saw him play Columbus a few times last year, and he's a, he's a hell of a goaltender. He really he, – I mean, he could have been a number one there without Darling coming and uh, – I think he's going to help out quite a bit and, you know, almost be a, a 1A, really. He's he's a good netminder. I think that Eddie Lack, I mean, we got a good look at him when he was in Vancouver here in Calgary, and he was a good goaltender in Vancouver. And I think when he went to the Hurricanes, they wanted him to play differently than what he was used to, and they tried to make him into something he wasn't. And I think you weren't seeing the real Eddie Lack, in my opinion, when he was in Carolina. So I think coming back here, if we can get him playing the way that he was in Vancouver, I think he could surprise a lot of people. And I don't think he's, again, going to be necessarily the guy who leads the Flames to a cup, but I could see him being a long-term acquisition. And as we transition some of our young goalies up from the farm, he's the guy to beat. Real, yeah. And they don't have to be world beaters back there. I mean, they have a really good defense in front of them. So most of it might be game management, like, okay – Let's not let you know three of them buy, but I mean we might be able to get by on that. And their offense is so powerful that you know they could win a game. I mean any any night. 
They've got a lot of firepower. The the Calgary Flames have some really promising goaltenders in the system right now. They've got John Gillies, who's essentially going into his second year of pro hockey in the AHL. He was out for almost a whole year with an injury. They've got Tyler Parsons, who may or may not turn pro this year. They've got David Riddich, who they brought over from Europe and is looking better than they thought. So, I mean, if you look right now, the Flames have five or six goaltenders in the pro ranks, and that's a lot of guys. So I'm kind of looking at this Mike Smith-Eddie Lack pairing as a stopgap. Yeah. It's good enough for now until the Flames figure out which of the younger guys is the guy, whether it's the starter or the backup next year, and then they move some of the others for assets. And uh, I, I absolutely love Tyler Parsons. He uh, helped out a, a shit ton in the World Juniors this season for America, and he, I mean, if you follow him on Instagram or anything like that, he's constantly working out in the gym, working on his game. Um, I I love that he's in Calgary. I think that's going to be a great fit for, for you guys. And I he would be my bet on who's going to come up and actually make some waves here in the future. Yeah, I mean, you know, Parsons is still the youngest of all those goaltenders I mentioned. And I think he is, as we know, goalies have a different development curve. And I think Parsons is a few years out still. But I definitely think he will eventually be the goalie of the future. But the Flames aren't in a position where they need to rush him to the NHL. Right. Yeah. And he well, he's he's going to be on the AHL affiliate this season, or is he going to be lower than that? We're not even sure. So I mean, they've got three goalies right now: two who are probably going to be in the AHL, one in the ECHL. So the question is, where's there room for him? And I worry he may end up getting sent down to the OHL again for an overage junior year. Just because there's no room for him, right? So that'll be on him on how how he takes that if he you know takes it and rolls with it or you know becomes a little turd about it. Yeah, and I mean you know as bad as it is to say that Parsons going to junior, there's a lot of teams that would kill to have that kind of goaltending depth. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean a bunch of teams would love to have that problem. So with the killer D, you also add. Uh, another tough guy to the team to give uh, Calgary a a little bit of edge that most of the teams don't have with uh, Travis Hamnick. Um, I like that fit for him. I think he's going to be, well, he'll probably make the second pairing on D. Yeah. The, uh, our head coach Glenn Gullitson has already said that he'll be playing second pair with TJ Brody to start the season. How you got to love that pair. It's a good pairing. And you know, this was, this was an interesting trade here in Calgary. A lot of fans were unhappy with the return on the deal. A lot of fans thought the Calgary Flames gave up too much. If anyone looks, we gave up a whack of draft picks. I think a first this year, first next year, and a second, and I think conditional fourth or something. I have to look it up. But, you know, if the Flames are in win-now mode, which they're saying they are, you have to mortgage your future to win now. Yeah, and you you have to, if that's what you're going with, and Calgary has said that, you have to start pulling the trigger and that's exactly how you do it. You add a guy like that, and uh, you know you're going to lose some. You're, I mean, they're just not going to give up Hamnick for you know nothing. So you have to lose some things. But I, I thought it was a, the right decision to make. I think now is the time to strike for this team, and it makes that defense. I mean, yeah, Dougie Hamilton, T.J. Brody, Travis Hamnick, Michael Stone. I mean, that's a tough ass defense, man. Well, if you look at this D2, I mean, Giordano was a, an unrestricted free agent the Flames signed. Brody was a draft pick. Hamilton, we got the draft for no NHL assets. Hamannick, we got the draft for no NHL assets. Stone, we trade a third-round pick for. Like, this defense has been a pretty cheap defense for the Flames to put together. 
And uh, did Dougie resign last year? Uh, no, he's still in the contract that we brought him in on, I believe. No, he did resign. That's right. He resigned. So Dougie's making $5.75 million for four more years. Okay, good. Yeah, Dougie's a beast, man. He's he's a bad mother. But, I mean, if you look at the age of this defense, too, the oldest guy is Geo at 33. And then we've got Hamilton, who's 24, Brody, who's 27, Hamannick, who's 27, Stone, who's 27. Like, it's a fairly young defensive core. This isn't a we-must-win-a-cup-this-year. This team's going to have to be broken up. It's a cheap defense. And it, they got three, four years out of them, I think. Well, having that young D will probably, you know, help with the geriatric uh, goaltender. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> even if Lack's in that, it also makes it so you can have more more trust in a backup. Or if next year John Gillies gets called up. I think that the goalie doesn't have to work as hard. Yes, I agree, man. Johnny Goudreau, Monaghan, Backlund, Kachuk. I like Verstegg. Um Brower, Stajan, the offense, I mean, there's there's dudes on every line. You're not you're not looking bad there either. This is a team that that can definitely compete. Um I, I do there's no way they don't make the playoffs. And I think once they get in there, I think they I think they tried to outplay themselves a little bit against um Anaheim and Anaheim just kinda, you know, gave them the little brother act. I think last year Anaheim outplayed us physically. Yes. Anaheim's a big, tough team, and the Calgary Flames were trying to play hockey. They were trying to move the puck and move the puck smart and put in the net. And I think it was too late in the series by the time we said, you know what, if they want to hit, let's just go out and bang them around. And I think that's honestly what got the better of the Flames. Anaheim got under our skin, and they made us not play our own game after a while. Right. Um with the biggest question on forward, and I'll ask you this, is, I mean, everyone here in Calgary says our biggest problem is we have no top-line right winger. Right now it looks like Michael Froelich is going to be that top-line, or sorry, not Michael Froelich, Michael Furlan is going to be that top-line right winger. He's not a bona fide top guy. <sighs> but the talk here in Calgary is should we go and try to bring Yager in? Now, see, I've heard this. Now, that's interesting. Um, do you have the money to pay the man? Got about five million under the cap. That's all he, he what, he'll ask for four, five, four and a half. You know, I, I think it's probably one of those things at his age. He'll probably take what he can get at this point, but I think you probably get him for about four as long as you throw a no trade on it for a year. Was he playing top line minutes in Florida? I'm not sure. I'm that's a you know, they're in the east. I don't follow the east as much, but I would imagine pretty close to that. Yeah, man. I, I mean, Yager, I don't think, can play top-line minutes anymore, but I think it gives you some options. I think if we brought in Yager, you'd see him as a second, third-line winger just because of the minutes. Yeah. But I think he'd be a huge special teams guy. Yeah, man. That would be interesting. That would uh, – I'd love to see that. And even if you have him out to start the game on the ice, it's that's Yager out there on the ice with you, you know? Yeah. There, there's something – there's something and Calgary has a unique problem already, which is we have too many forwards. I mean, when I look at the roster, I was at the uh, preseason game last night here. We have more forwards than we have spots for. Oh, so at some at some point, somebody's going to have moved or sent to the AHL. And it's like, you know, these are all good problems to have. But it goes, okay, well, if Yager comes in, who gets sent out? And that's the hard thing to look at. Yeah, that that is a bummer. There, I, I, 
someone's got to sign him. Why not Calgary? I just don't know if he wants to come to Canada. Oh, uh, well, you know, at this point, does it, how, how, how bad do you want to still play hockey in the NHL? I have a feeling Yager could probably play in pretty much any league around the world and get a lot of money as a special attraction. Oh, for sure. Yeah. He's, he's like the white tiger, man. Uh, he could definitely go, oh man, that's, I, I, you could use him. Uh, I'm looking up the and other, down. The other name that's been bandied around is do we bring back Jerome McGinley? Now, see, if you're going, yeah, damn, dude, those are two good questions. I'd like, actually, if you're going to pick one of those two, you bring back McGinley and let him retire Flame. I think that's the move. See, I think there's an optical problem with that, though. I mean, I'm a huge McGinley fan. I'd have no problem with it. But there was a big deal made a few years ago when Jay Feaster moved McGinley. And it was that we're at the end of the Aginla era. Okay. So is there a PR problem then to bring Aginla back and say, just kidding? Yeah, I guess if, um, you know, depending on how, how well the uh, fan base up there follows, that would be a big issue if they go, well, we we're supposed to be over the Aginla period and now he's back. So what's that say about our team? So that- what I would have done is if we want to do that, I would have made a deal with Colorado last year at the deadline. Bring Iggy in, give him a seventh-round pick or whatever. I mean, I don't even remember what he went to Colorado for. It's pretty or to L.A. for. It's pretty cheap. Yeah, have play the last twenty games because at that point you can use the veteran help. And then the last game of the season, he raises stick, and the first game of the season, we raise number twelve to the rafters. That to me is how you do it. Ah, uh, that that would have definitely been the move. Um, and that's it's almost like the Shane Doan. Um, whatever happened to him down there? You know, they say they're not going to re-sign him. He doesn't find a job, and then he retires a coyote when they could have just left that out of the, the media and let him retire with at least a little bit of dignity. Do you know my prediction on Doan and, and Aginla? What's that? With no NHL players going to the Olympics this year, I think you see those guys anchoring Team Canada. You think so? Who else is going to play for Canada? It's going to be all the Spangler Cup guys, right? Yeah. So, I mean, Iggy's, Iggy's won gold with Canada. Iggy's been on Team Canada for a long time. I think – it would be optically a good idea to put a C on him and stick him in a Canada jersey. Man, I wouldn't hate that at all. He doesn't need to play an 82-game season. He needs to play, what, 10 games or whatever they play in the Olympics? If you let him just play 10 games, you might see a Jerome McGinley do some work. Well, that's it. I don't think he's got 82 games of what we know of Jerome McGinley hockey left in him. But I think for an Olympic tournament, he'd do just fine. The next question for me, for him, would be, you know, how how clean is his piss to see if he could pass an Olympic test, you know? I think if Team Canada is going to bring him in, they're going to make sure that he's ready for that. I, I don't think that's a last-minute discussion. <laughs> yeah, you have yeah. that discussion this time of year to say, hey, don't sign an NHL deal. Yeah. Man, I would love that. That'd be awesome. Um, that's just my guess. I mean, you're going to have a bunch of sort of rejects from all over the world. It's going to be like the Spangler Cup roster. And if you have Jerome and or Shane Doan as your big name, the thing that's going to make – I mean, Canadians aren't going to want to watch a bunch of guys from the KHL play who are going to get their ass handed to them by the Russians who have a full roster. Yeah. So at least that's their marketing piece, right? It's the, you know, Think of the, you know, the deep voice voiceover guy on TSN, Jerome McGinley, Shane his Doan. last games. And that's what would, people would tune in for. That becomes a storyline. Man, you got to make some phone calls and get that to happen because that – that, I mean, I, I got my hairs are sticking up on my arms. I would wake up at three in the morning or whatever time those games are going to be on and watch some Shane Doan and Jerome McGinley beat up on some Russians. Man, that'd be sweet. 
even if we know we're going to get our ass handed to us by some of the European teams, at least there's names there that would cause Canadian and maybe American fans to watch. That's what I'm crazy worried about is we as a country already have an issue with watching hockey and then now come Olympic time when people would be paying attention here, um, there no one knows who the hell these guys are. That's it. And it's not it's not 1980. They're, they're not going to get behind it like that. It's just not the circumstances. That was a you know they, it was a miracle for a reason. It was a one time thing. So, so maybe maybe check in with me again after the Olympics. We'll see if my prediction is right. Yeah, man, that's that's crazy. I love that. I hope so. Uh what do you guys? What's all this stadium talk, man? What's going on up there? So a lot of people don't know the Saldo right now. Our our venue here is the oldest arena in the NHL. It was built in. Uh, it was built for when we had the Olympics in '88, and it's it's an old venue and it's looking its age. And the issue with Calgary, for those that don't know the city, it's a sprawling city. Like it's a huge city. It takes over an hour to drive from one end to the other, and there's just nowhere to put a rink. And just like any city, it's a matter of okay, so we found a spot. Now who pays for it? Yeah. Of course, the Calgary Flames owners don't want to pay for it because you never really see a return on investment on an arena. The city says, well, we don't want to pay for the whole thing because the Calgary Flames are making profit on it. And honestly, the reason this talk has come up now is we're in election season here. We have a mayoral election on the 16th of October. So the Flames are just trying to make it an election issue. Oh, to see if they can get the city to cover it? Yeah, I think they're going to hope that some mayoral candidate who wants to beat the incumbent will say, yeah, we'll side with the Flames. And people will go, yeah, Flames, and vote for that guy. (laughs) I'd vote for him, man. (laughs) It's been interesting, though, because the Calgary Flames came out and said they are done talking to the city. They can't get the deal they want, so they're going to leave the table. And the city then released what their proposal was, and it completely turned people's reactions. The first people were saying, oh, the city's not ponying up enough money. Then when the city of Calgary actually put out their proposal, people said, wow, that's really fair. The Flames are being assholes. So it's been interesting to see the public kind of interest go back and forth on that. Now, it was you said it was opening season was in 88. I had the the fortunate opportunity to to go to Joe Lewis um, the last two years. I think it actually opened in 85, but it was built for the Olympics. Oh, okay. And then, uh, well, the point is when I was at the Joe, I was like, you know, you're getting ready to tear it down. And it was cool to be in there and everything, but that place was not built for 2017 hockey to happen in it. It was just not – there was no way it could it could be done there anymore. Is it the same thing as in the barn in Calgary? Like it's just – it needs to happen? You know, I haven't been to the Dose, so I can't compare it. I think the Cell Dome's okay. Um, but it's definitely shown its age. I mean it's our venue. It's cool. You know, Calgary, for those that don't know, is called – uh, Cowtown, we're very much a country western town. It looks like a horse saddle. Like it's it's Calgary's venue, and it's awesome. And maybe it's just because I'm biased, but yeah, a new a new arena would be nice. Like they've done renos and they've tried to get what they need out of it, but it's definitely showing its age for sure. Now it's a uh, Cowtown. It's like a uh, Letterkenny up there, and they're big Calgary Flames fans, aren't they? I think so. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, I mean it's you know. The great thing about the Saddle Dome is there's no bad seat in the house. Every seat, unless you're way up in the new nosebleeds they added a few years ago, can see just fine. So I love the arena because the sight lines are great. That was and like the, the joke. Great. But I think it's always one of those things that, you know, we want what everyone else has. And Edmonton just got a new arena. So now we want one. 
Edmonton has pissed on everybody with that new arena. Um, now everybody has to build something like Rogers Place, and that place, that's that thing is insane. And, it is, and not everybody has Connor McDavid, so it, it's just not going to work like that. Exactly. Um, you know, for people that are in Calgary following the story, my prediction here is that. Gary Bettman was in town and sort of hinted that long term, if this doesn't get dealt with, the Flames might have to move. But, yeah, I heard that I mean, nonsense. Look at the NHL. When was the last time a team relocated? It was Atlanta to Winnipeg, but the NHL will do anything they can to not relocate a team. So I'm not too worried that the Flames are going to up and leave. I mean, if we still have a team in Arizona, there's no way we're moving a team out of Calgary. That's what I was thinking. I'm saying if, if Arizona, because I hear and I know I have a. A lot of fans in Seattle, so they'd bring him to Seattle, bring him to Seattle. Well, pump the brakes, guys. You don't want the Calgary Flames to come to Seattle. You don't want everybody to hate you because you took the Flames from Calgary. That's not what you yeah. want to do. You either want Arizona to come out there or you get the league back to an even amount of teams and get rid of the you know the 31 and let's get to 32 and then we stop it there and that's it. There's no more these 32, whether they move or not, but – it's there's getting to be too many teams, really. Well, I just think from a business perspective, there's teams that business-wise have to move before you look at Calgary. Absolutely. You know, I mean, Arizona needs to move. There's been some rumors that the Hurricanes aren't doing very well financially. So, you know, I mean, we sell out our building. It's not like we're not selling tickets here. So it works. It's we not- sell tickets. I, I don't see any reason that we have to move or have to get a new building. So I think, you know, anyone who's worried the Flames are leaving, they're not going anywhere for the foreseeable future. No, look at Ottawa. They're not even selling out playoff games. And you're going to talk about Calgary moving? That's just not happening. I heard Ottawa's actually taking seats out of their arena so they can claim more sellouts. Yeah, and nobody's talking about that. Um, My buddy from the History of Hockey podcast, Shane Guilfoyle, had sent me a message going, you know, everybody's talking about Calgary moving, but nobody's – even speaking on auto removing like 5,000 seats or something like that. Yeah. So it looks – that's that's sad to me. It is. So, you know, I mean, Calgary's not going anywhere. It's an election issue, and that's why, you know, they've been talking for years. And when does it come up now? When does the team make their hardline stance? Is right before the election. And so I think this is really just – it's politicking. Dan Stevenson, you're running for mayor. What do you do? With the Flames or just in general? <laughs> With the Flames. I don't think we have enough time to go over in general. I think that there is a there is a way to get this done. And, I mean, Calgary is a huge money city. We're in a bit of a recession now. <coughs> but there's a lot of oil money. There's a lot of money in this city. And I think that definitely the Flames should be on the hook for some of that money. Um, right now, the Calgary City of Calgary deal they put on the table had the, fl- had the city putting in money and getting paid back for it. But I think if I was doing it, I'd say the city should contribute a third, the flame should contribute a third, and then a third will come from a ticket tax or a property tax or something like that that's paid by those who use the arena. I like so it, If you buy man. a ticket, part of your ticket sales goes to pay back that last third. And then everybody has a vested interest in it. And the Green Bay Packers, you know, the, 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 the fans own that stadium and own that team. You know, that would be something interesting too uh, just to get – that sense of uh, camaraderie with uh, the, the fans there in Calgary. We had a guy who sent us an email to our podcast, and he said, so if I'm going to pay tax dollars for this, when do I get my free Flames ticket? <laughs> yeah, keep checking the mail, buddy. <laughs> uh, so, 
If you are, so, yeah, you- I think something will get worked out. And I mean, you know, yeah. it's not like we're in dire need where it has to happen tomorrow. But I think this is opening everybody's eyes to, okay, now, you know, something can be worked out now. I think it will become an election issue. And it takes a while to build a new arena. So I think the fans want to get an arena in principle done. And then we can start breaking ground, I would mm-hmm. imagine, in the next 24 months. So you get the new arena and you guys bring back the red and yellow sweaters and you keep them forever. That's all I ask. You know, that is honestly my anticipation is as soon as they get the new arena, they go with the retro colors to please everybody. Because, I mean, no no team made any big changes with the new, uh, what is it now, Adidas sweaters? Yeah. I was hoping that Calgary would go back and just be like, okay, we get new sweaters. Let's just do the old school ones because they're one of the greatest things that ever happened. Yeah, they are. and But, I mean, no teams made big changes. So I don't think this was the yeah. time that the league wanted big changes. They made enough of a change, you have to buy a new one. Yeah, I think that was That's part it. of Adidas' plan, too, was, okay, let's not get crazy. But, uh, you know, we're going to make new ones, but nobody's getting, you know, we're not going fl- switching color schemes here, guys. Let's exactly. just Yeah, let's just ask for new sweater money and then bump up the price another $50, 60 I was at the game last night. They were asking $300 for a crested sweater. Dude, I don't know what to do with that. I can't afford that. No. That's, that's, I guess that's how the Flames are going to afford this new arena, right? <laughs> yeah, like, you know, the kids are going to ask me, hey, Dad, can we get, uh, you know, new new Blue Jacket sweaters? And absolutely not. You cannot. <laughs> so you got to find the knockoffs from China. Yeah, exactly. You know, I used, to, I, I used to feel bad buying those. I'm not going to anymore. If it saves me $200, uh, that's just that's what's going to happen, guys. Or you know what I've been telling people? The flame sweaters are so similar to last year's. Last year's are 50% off. Yeah, I, I just bought a Bravowski sweater. I was like, dude, nobody's going to be like, oh, that's a Reebok jersey. I bet you want to fight? Let's go. <laughs> I've got no Flames problem. Have a big sign at the arena. All of last year's merchandise, 50% off. I saw a guy walk out of there with a brand new Kachuk jersey for like 100 bucks. Yeah, it probably looked good as shit too. It did. <laughs> now, I uh, I heard uh, Johnny Hockey on uh, Spitting Chicklets earlier in the summer talk about something called the Stampede. Have you ever been there? Yeah, the Stampedes are big. It's it's almost like a state fair, but it's they call it the biggest outdoor show on earth. So it's a rodeo. It's a chuck wagon derby. It's got a midway. It's like the biggest fair you've ever seen, and it's an annual event here in Calgary. Ten days. It takes over the whole city. Ten days? Ten days, and it's just a, a huge fair party. Can you drink there? Yeah, there's there's parties all over the city. There's concerts. They bring in big names like Reba McIntyre. Hell yeah, uh, Brad Paisley. There's chuck wagons, rodeo. They got all the games and the crappy you know carnival food you could want. It's a it's a great time. And uh, I know Johnny Hockey said he had a blast, and it was the first time he had gone to the Stampede, and he says it will be a part of his summer tradition every year now. So I, I hope to make Lashley it up there. wasn't here because he hadn't signed a contract. <laughs> uh, can you drink but, beer? But, you know, it's honestly, it's one of those things that we, the Flames often have their rookie development camp the weekend that the Stampede starts. And I think that's how they got a guy like Spencer Fu to sign here because they're showing them how great this city can be. They bring in these unsigned rookies and say, look at what a great city this is. Oh, yeah, man. So you can probably, like, walk around and slam beers too, can't you? Oh yeah, you can you can drink beer. Uh, you can drink beer anywhere on the Stampede grounds generally. Well, and they've got beer gardens, and yeah, it's it's a great time. All the bars in town have their patios open. That sounds like heaven, man. 
And it's Canadian beer too, so it's a lot better than what you guys are drinking. <laughs> I, I, uh, I I drink Canadian beer, but I'm sure they send me down different stuff. They probably keep the good stuff for you guys. You guys get the stuff with the hops fell on the floor. <laughs> when uh, is it in July or in June? Uh, it's always the first, both the first or second week of July. Dude, if Canada so starts about the tenth of July, if Canada will let me in, I'm coming, man. Should I'm I'm going to. Uh, all right, forty-five, thirty-three, and four, Dan. What are your, what are your predictions for this team this upcoming season? I don't know the exact breakdown. I mean, I, I get all screwed up when I think of the overtime losses, but I think this is going to be at least a hundred-point team. Dude, I like it, and I I I have high hopes and high expectations for this team, and I think that they're going to meet them. Um, and so some I, some of my predictions quickly is I think that uh, we're going to see a breakout season, from Curtis Lazar. Okay. He had some big expectations in Ottawa as a first-round pick. I think he got moved. I think he'll have a good year here. I think Troy Brower is going to bounce back because okay. he has to. Love Brower. Um, I don't think Spencer Fu makes a team like a lot of people think he's going to. But I think this will be the year that we also really see what uh, Michael Backlund has as a second-line center. And we need to see what we've got in Sam Bennett. He got a two-year contract this summer. And I think this is his chance to really show the Flames, is he destined to be a third-line center, or is there more more in him than that? If you got to pick your three stars, your preseason three stars, of who's going to be the best three this upcoming season, who are your boys? Um, I think you've got to put Johnny Hockey in there. Have to. You have to put Sean Monaghan in there. Love it. And you know what? I'm going to go on the back end. I'm going to say that uh, our fearless captain, Mark Giordano, is going to have a breakout year. Dude, I love it, man. And I'm loving this team. And uh, I love that you came on and talked with me here, man. That was absolutely great. I, I, I appreciate it. Tell the, uh, tell the Biscuit Babies where they can find you, Dan. Uh, you can listen to us every week during the hockey season at firesidechat.ca. Or you can follow us on Twitter at Fireside Podcast or on Fire, on Facebook where Facebook.com slash Fireside Chat. And uh, as American, I got to tell you, I appreciate that name, man. It's a pretty cool name. I mean, you know, we got it from which one of your presents was it that used to do Fireside Chat? I think it was FDR. And we're sitting around going, well, what would be a name for a bunch of guys sitting around talking about the Calgary Flames? It's it's perfect. I forget. I, I might have been the beard from All Beard No Teeth who had mentioned uh, your podcast and uh, I, I saw the name. I was like, oh, man, that is a beauty. That is – my hat's off to you guys. That's a great so my name. My co-host Matt had this great idea that when we interview guys in the dressing room, somebody should push an electric fireplace into the scene and then pull it out <laughs> when we're done. You have to. Or get a, a cardboard cutout and, like, hold it up behind the boys when you're interviewing them and have it be, you know, a little fireplace or something like that. That would be hilarious. That way we're actually having a fireside chat. Dude, that is great, man. And I, I wish you guys good luck with the podcast and the website and everything. And uh, we'll have you guys back on and hopefully Matt can join too. Yeah, hopefully we'll be able to talk uh, late in the postseason this year. Hey, dude, let's do it. Good luck, Flames. Go Flames. Have a good one. Party on, bud. That was Dan Stevenson of the Fireside Chat Podcast. Smart guy, good team. Fucking let's go drink the stampede, everybody. Who's coming with me? I bet uh, I bet Darren. Darren's not because Darren doesn't drink beer. That's right. That is right. Hey, speaking of Darren and the fourth line voice, go vote on the Enforcer, the first annual Bob Probert Invitational Tough Guy Contest.
This episode is brought to you by Lucid Float Spas in Mount Vernon, Ohio. Do you feel like the piece of shit that you look like? Go take a float, get a massage, feel better. As always, go donate to parkersplatoon.org. Helping one veteran at a time. Guys, go follow me on uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that good stuff. Big Rand's coming back soon. It's about hockey season, guys. Preseason game tonight. I'm fucking stoked. Freedom. Hockey. Poppy skirt.